This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. And before we get started today, I want to invite you to subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's right. After years of neglecting this very precious real estate on the Internet, I am committing to producing content over there. The easiest way to find me over on YouTube is go to my website, Mr. Productivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see the YouTube logo there. Just click it and subscribe and you will get exclusive content that I'm going to be putting on the YouTube. Brandon Wilson is one of the world's best communicators and a sought-after executive consultant. His impact has helped leaders realize daring pursuits from building college campuses to addressing global wealth disparities. But more than this, Brandon is a survivor of leadership sabotage. His bout with betrayal, theft, and deceit cost him more than $600,000 and threatened his livelihood in an unthinkable way. Brandon's Experience has taught him that despite a leader's talent level, having an inability to survive leadership sabotage can stop anyone from realizing their full potential. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure to be on here. I'm looking forward to diving in and, and how your listeners can be more can become more productive. I got to learn how to say your name right because I know Brendan's and Brandon's and I always get confused when I'm talking to them yeah. and I always call Brandon's Brendan and Brendan's Brandon. They go, no, can't you get my name right? I was like, I can't, apparently I can't read. <laughs> I can't well, read a, a seven letter name. So I do apologize. Brendan, Brendan actually translates to little giant. And so to think about it, I am a big giant. So oh, okay. I'm grand done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, right there, you can tell this is going to be a great interview because Brandon, right? Brandon? That's correct. That's okay. Correct. Is bringing the energy, is bringing the fire, and this is going to be something you're going to want to pay attention to. Although I know most people are out walking the pooch because a pooch needs to be walked or on a on a bike ride or or running, whatever the case may be. But he's going to give you a lot of value. I can feel it. Now, you can't see him, but I can tell you that he's got the same barber as I do. Chrome Dome forever. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Just Absolutely. keeping it real here, sir. Keeping it real. Now, one thing I always ask my guests is, what would you like to talk about? Because, listener, if you don't know this, I don't script my shows. Now, a lot of my podcasting thought leader friends say, oh, my gosh, you got to script your show. And I don't do that. So it's all organic. And I always ask them, what would you like to talk about? And most people use one or two words. Not Brandon. This is what he wrote. Overcoming barriers to leadership, achieving transformational impact, leading in a way that shapes legacy, leading with authenticity and transparency, organizational behavior and ethics, ideation and entrepreneurship. Now, I don't know if we'll get to all those topics on the show today, but he really thought this out. I really appreciate that. You got it. Well, the one thing I want to talk about today is success. Success? Who wants success? Who wants success? And if you're out walking the pooch, if you are driving in your car, if you are enjoying this incredible show, uh, listen, none of you and nobody around you ever woke up and said, I want to just live a mediocre life. <laughs> said no one ever. No, no one ever said, I want to I want to be just OK as a wife or just OK as a husband. 
just okay fulfilling my household responsibilities, just okay as an executive. But 98% of people living in the world today are living a life less than the life that they dreamed they would be living when they were children. And so what I've done is is started to study why is it that so many people fall out of that 2% of people who are living presumably their best lives. And what I've discovered in my professional life as a as a leadership advisor and as an executive uh, uh, management consultant and as a communications consultant is that one of the leading and most underrated things that lead to us leaving living mediocre or dare say less than mediocre lives is sabotage. Mm. It's leadership sabotage and the hyphenated word self-sabotage. We never talk about it. And, and it, it is those two things that lock us in cages of mediocrity. And I've written a book called Sabotage, Leadership That Overcomes Betrayal, Theft and Deceit to give leaders and your audience members the tools and the keys needed to unlock that cage and to start living their most and their most impactful and their most successful lives. Wow. You know, one of the people I follow is Grant Cardone, and he's got a book called Be Obsessed or Be Average. He goes, you never hear on like a, a trailer, come see an average show with average acting. It's going to be an average audience with average popcorn. They never say that. They always say it's going to be incredible. It's going to be, it's going to move you to tears. N- nobody who wants average to your point, nobody wakes up and go, you know, nah, I'm good today. Nobody. And, and I would argue, I, I love what I do. I roll out of bed every morning, excited for the day. I know people who wake up and go, Oh, is it morning? I got to go to work. Why are you living a life that you don't want to live? I, I don't understand that. You get one life. You should be excited about every minute of every day. Yes, bad things are going to happen like the pandemic and the That's flu right. and stuff like that. And people are going to die because right. no, right. no one gets out of here alive. But you got to love your life. You got to love what you do. Well, let's, let's talk about that love for what you do, that passion for what you want to achieve, that drive that gets you from A to B and dare say all the way to Z. 98% of the people can't be wrong, right? I mean, if it were easy, we all would be doing it, right? So let me let me show a little bit of empathy to share that overcoming self-sabotage and overcoming leadership sabotage on your way to breaking out of those cages of mediocrity is not easy. Uh, And dare say that when I survived my own bout with sabotage and started to interview other leaders, I not only gained a new appreciation for how pervasive sabotage is in our lives in and around our lives, but also gained a great appreciation for how ill equipped we are as leaders in our professional and personal lives to address that sabotage. And it is that ill equipment or that ill prepared, ill preparation that allows saboteurs to be successful in getting us to take a back seat uh, or, or, or give a back seat to the things that we ultimately want to pursue. You know, when we were kids, those forces weren't around us. I mean, we said, I want to be the, the chief of police. 
I want to be the president of the United States. I want to be a chief executive officer. And our parents would sort of just shower us with unconditional and sometimes unrealistic encouragement because that's what we need in order to pursue. But when you walk out of the, the halls of those of that house and walk into the halls of those corporations or walk into the halls of, <laughs> of your own personal networks, you're going to be met with 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 their versions of reality that says that you can only be a manager. You'll never be the CEO. Matter of fact, that CEO has 20 more years on, on her contract. You will never be this or that. You will never be. And it's important for you to ascertain or obtain the tools needed to overcome other people's reality so that you can unquestionably connect the gifts of your leadership to the world. Because everything that your listeners have to offer that they may be second guessing or they may be thinking about, I don't want to pursue uh, is a gift that saboteurs are looking to deny the world and you must not give them that victory. Oh, hundred percent. And I, when I think back to when I was a kid, you know, girls wanted to be mermaids. Boys wanted to be firefighters. I remember playing Cowboys and Indians, which you can't play anymore because it's not PC. But we'd go out in the forest. We'd get little sticks. Sticks will be our guns. And yes. we would play. And we said, yes. oh, someday I'm going to be, you know, the Lone Ranger. Or I'm going to be John Wayne. You know, and we dreamed. But then, as you're right, as we get into high school and college, they're going, wait, let's, let's be real here. You know, your parents have always been blue collar family. Their family's blue collar family. Don't dream. Just, you know, settle, settle, settle. It's all I heard. And it was, I'm 56 years young now. It wasn't until about, I got, well, about the time I got fired back in uh, July of 2005 that I realized this is my life and I could do whatever I want to do. And I'm doing things like when I started the podcast in 2017. I'm up to over 985 episodes now. And people oh, go, yeah. oh, you shouldn't do that. Don't call it this. But you know what? I showed up and did the work. And I agree with you. We've got to stop squelching people's dreams. Matter of fact, dear listener, if you have people in your life, I don't care if they're family, friends, or colleagues who are not cheering you on, you need to distance yourself from them. You That's need people star. in your life that are going to say, you can do it. Go, 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 go. That's who you want in your life. Think about it. If you're out walking your pooch right now, if you're out walking your dog right now and you have a fence and your dog keeps escaping out of your house, what are you going to do? You're going to look to buy a better fence. So if your dreams keep escaping from your personal lives, you need to look to get a better fence. And that fence are the people you surround yourself with. Get a better fence. And we don't do that. Uh, I've been fired a few times, Mark. I think we, we have so much in common. I remember uh, the last time I was fired before I started my, my advertising agency and, or communications agency. I remember a few months before the, the termination, getting a call from a, an advisor to politicians in, in Washington, D.C. And, and he called and said, uh, without naming any names, said that there was a, a, a politician who was thinking about running for president uh, and it would be historic. Let's just put it that way. It would be historic and monumental if he won. And he's looking to hire an advertising agency to work on his campaign. Uh, now, the owner of that company is antithetical to politics, 
for a lot of reasons that uh, some I agree with, some I don't agree with. Uh, and uh, he said, listen, a guy who is his advisor is going to fly you up to Chicago to meet with him and, 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 and do the vetting process. But you're in. I already gave you the, the, the vote of confidence. I go and speak with the CEO and, and he said, what, you're going to bring me some politics for, for a candidate nobody even knows about, let alone knows how to say his name? And he cursed me out of that building. He said, we, you, you'll never be able to do that. I mean, that's not what we are here to do. We only serve A, B, C, and D. I mean, he went on a rant and I left. And, I, and at that moment, I, I made a decision to change my fence. And in and, and changing my fence, I changed the charge I have over my ability to direct my own future. You know, opportunity favors the prepared mind. And as long as you are beholding to, allowing yourself to be beholden to the lids and the lenses of other people, which are imposed on themselves by their own lived experiences, then you're, uh, you're not allowing yourselves to be the captains of your own domain. Uh, and, and it's important. And, and I had to have one of those pivotal moments in my life to say, listen, I can do this. So now I own a communications agency that's doing that and more. I mean, we, we are working as collaborators with Apple to build a college campus. I mean, think about this, right? Apple makes cool devices that help us engage with the world. And in a conversation with one of their executives about what things they could be doing next uh, to create transformative leaders using Apple devices. I said, we could build a campus. And they looked at me so perplexingly crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But I believed in doing the all day. I had trained my mind into believing that there's always another level to success. And that's why I wanted to talk about this with your audience. There's always another level of success. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. And until you get out of the lenses of those who can't see those other levels, and reach a point where I dare say people think you are crazy. You think you are insane. That's when you're right on the path of breaking into something special. Mm. Uh, and, and I also dare say that there is nothing worth uh, living uh, or pursuing if you don't meet resistance going after. Yes, yes. So sabotage is actually a canary in the coal mine. That says to you that you are on your way to doing something great. Don't take another step. If you take another step, you will fall. If you you need to turn around because sabotage by definition is any activity that seeks to obstruct, disrupt, dismantle, frustrate your leadership journey or your leadership pursuits all for personal gain. So if you get that promotion, that means in the minds of the saboteurs that there's less promotions out there for them. If you get that extra client, then there's less clients out there for them. Hmm. If you get that extra compliment, then that means that there's less people to compliment your friend (laughs) that you're going to the bar or the club with or going out with. And so those folks 
are giving you the all of the all of the evidence you need to know that you're tapping on something great and they want to pull you back for sheer fear that your success means their lack of success. Mm-hmm. And we got to stop that cycle. You know, when you talked about getting a better fence, one of my favorite quotes is by Charlie Tremendous Jones. And he said, in five years, you'll be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. So I make sure I spend a lot of time reading books that are going to stretch me. They're going to educate me. And I make sure who's in my inner circle. Are they cheering me on or are they are they telling me, hey, dude, ease up on the gas. Take the weekend off six o'clock. Why are you still working? Why are you working on the weekends? I don't want those people in my life. I want people. You know, you look at Steve Jobs, you look at Bill Gates. These people didn't settle. Mark Zuckerberg didn't settle. And people, it's really easy to look at these successful people and go, oh, why does Mark Zuckerberg need all those billions of dollars? What does Jeff Bezos need all that million dollars for? My father, who's 80 years old, it's so funny because every time a major sports player signs a multi-trillion dollar contract, he calls me, he goes, I know you're a capitalist, but nobody's worth that kind of money. And I always say, Dad, <laughs> you're right, I'm a capitalist, but here's the thing. The player asked for the money. The owner said yes. That's right. You're That's not right. paying them, Dad. You are not paying the player. Why you? Why do you allow yourself to get so stressed out? I have no problem with these people making money. I want the whole world to become controlling But the fact Absolutely. is, and you know this, Brandon, most people are just going to settle. I'll get a job. I get two to three weeks vacation a year, the occasional three-day weekend. I have enough money to save up for retirement and for my kids' college education. And they just settle. That's Don't right. settle. You you only get one life. Grab it for all it's worth. Well, you 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 make some excellent points there. And I want to I want to give a, a rebuttal to to folks who have that kind of mentality that people are not worth X, Y, and Z. And why is this happening? The house three doors down from you, whoever wherever you live, audience member, you want that house to sell for two hundred thousand dollars more than market value. You know why? Because it impacts your value. You're not going to say that house is not worth it. I dare they sell that house for that. What are they they out of their minds until they do it? But, you know, those folks who have these unrealistic or inflationary uh, ideas about what they're capable of, we should view their audacity in the same way that we view real estate market, uh, uh, real estate valuations. That by being in proximity to those people, our value increases as well. And that is an absolute mind shift. It's a different mentality to think that way. But in being really practical and giving your your audience tools that they, they can use to get a better fence, there are four things that I want to talk about. And I call these four things the four horsemen of sabotage. These are the four kinds of horsemen who ride into your life to ultimately assassinate your dreams and your pursuits and your belief. And when you see these horsemen come into your lives, they are forerunners for a set of sabotaging activity that will seek to get you to limit yourself or to put barriers around what you ultimately can achieve. Now, this is different than the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? (laughs) (laughs) 
I just to some, make, okay. to some it is right. <laughs> but, you know, but the, the the first horseman that that I want to talk about is is jealousy. Mm. Oh, Paul's there, and and before I go any further, let me say we are also equipped with the all with the same tools to be saboteurs. Like we can do all of these things. So when you're looking for these evidence in your life for these limiting factors. You know, don't forget about the impact of self-limiting factors that we all we may find these things within ourselves in our lives. And so the first horseman is jealousy and jealousy is defined as hatred uh, disguised as anything. But, you know, people at it sounds like people who might be in your network or in your workplace that says uh, that, that you're incapable of doing A, B and C as a way of stopping you or stopping people from giving you opportunities. And it's all under the guise of good humor and people laugh and say, you know, I was just playing, but jealous folks plant these seeds of doubt in your abilities. And if they keep watering that in, it takes root and it's all a plan to get you to start limiting yourself. It sounds like, why is it that Mark is always uh, recording another episode? Why is he breaking all these records? Why does he run every day? Like, what? what is he trying to do? Yep. <laughs> run, Forrest, run. And they have these jokes and they start thinking, and, you, and they want those seeds to grow, right? But there, there's a seed of jealousy there that seeks to assassinate your pursuits. Now, I know the listener, you've only given us one of the four, and I know they're going, they're nodding their head and going, yep, I can see that. And they're probably going, okay, what are the other three? He'll get to it. But everybody can relate to jealousy. And we've been jealous. We've been the victim of jealousy. This is human. This is what humans do. That's one thing I like about uh, artificial intelligence. It doesn't get, it doesn't get jealous. Okay. It doesn't. Humans are always going to fall into that temptation of being jealous. And we'll and, and and I would encourage the, your, your listeners to buy the book Sabotage because their jealousy is also the most misunderstood of the horsemen. Like we think we know what it is, but there are actually levels to jealousy that's defined in the book. Uh, and, and one is more extreme than the other. Okay. The, the other horseman is arrogance. Ah. Now, arrogance needs no introduction. <laughs> It introduces itself. <laughs> I am here. But but those who might be have arrogance around them can notice it by someone who has an insatiable appetite for competition. Uh, it's, it's not a race to see that you don't get things like jealousy, but it's a race to make sure that you don't outcompete them. And they're also really, really uh, driven uh, by an unsatisfiable ambition that allows them to lead and to live with lack of self-awareness. So they don't understand how them doing A impacts B and C. So they let they're they're almost like a China in a uh, like a bull in a China shop. They don't know what they're breaking or not even aware of their inabilities. And their arrogance puts so many blinders on themselves that they also show themselves as, as with an, of, uh, of having an inability to be coached. They shun professional development. They shun or shirk constructive criticism. 
They think you're trying to put them down. And so they want to attack you even more. And it's a combination of all of those forces that makes it easy for those who have the forces of arrogance around or in their lives to do two things. One is to self-correct. So they can't, you know, the saying he couldn't help himself. No, that, 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 that is perfectly framed for the arrogant horseman. Like he or she really can't help themselves. And the other thing that it stops them from being able to do is having the empathy needed to see or care about the harm that they're doing to others. Bernie Madoff is an example of that. He he could care less about the billions he took from mm-hmm. a pension fund of r- retired teachers. <laughs> he couldn't help himself is, is another one. The other horseman is lying and there are levels to liars. I mean, there are liars who say, don't look at me, look over there. And then there's liars who lie to literally hurt or harm others. But lying is a activity that ex- that seeks to distract people from the damage that the saboteur is attempting to, uh, to exact. And then the last horseman is seduction. And the seducers in our lives, and I'm not talking intimately or, but the seducers are even around us platonically and even professionally. They have well curated lives, brands. They wear the best clothes. They have the best things. They go to, or they appear to go to opulent places all the time. Their careers are on the rise. And you, they say, you want to be around me because it's going to make you look better. And so they get you to come around them and their biggest joy is drawing you into the adventure of going on their journey that skirts the lines of ethics, that gets close to wrongdoing. And sometimes it crosses over into that wrongdoing. And as many people as they can get to come along with them on that journey, the more patsies they have to do their dealings for them. And their carrot is, As I go to my next success, so if I go to my next trip, if I go to my next place of of success, I'm going to take you with me. You got to go along for the ride. But if they're ever caught, they have a series of people who become the scapegoat uh, as a result of keeping their hands clean. Wow. Jealousy, arrogance, lying, and seduction, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I mean, of sabotage. (laughs) But, But, you know, as you went over that list... You know, the one thing that really bothers me of the three, I'm not going to ask you guess because you don't know me well enough to guess. I do not like lying. You lie to me that I don't care if it's a big lie, little lie. You lie to me. You have severely fractured our relationship because I remember when I was a little kid, my mother always used to say something to me. You get in half the trouble if you tell me the truth instead of waiting till later. Because then you get in trouble for not only what you did, but for lying. Absolutely. And so when someone when someone lies to me, I don't care how what the size the lie is, it really does something to me inside because there's no need to lie. If you did something totally wrong, you broke my favorite cup or whatever, just come to me. I, I told my daughters this when they were growing up. Just come to me and say, I broke your favorite cup. Yeah. Am I going to get mad? Of course I'm get mad. I don't get sad. But if I find out about it, you, cause you cleaned it up and threw it in the garbage and hope I wouldn't 
never use my favorite cup again, I'm eventually going to go looking for it. And then I'm going to even more be more angry. So whether it's personally or professionally of the four horsemen lying is, is for me, from anybody, any human, and we're all leaders, by the way, in case you haven't figured that out yet, uh, dear oh. listener, we're all leaders. Anybody who lies to me, that is the worst for me. So let me ask you this, Brandon, yes. which is the, of the four, which is the one that is, is the one that really irks you the most? Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Oh man, this is the first time I've ever gotten this question. Oh goodness. For me, it 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 the one that irks me the most is is lying. And I'll tell you why. Uh, it is the most common of the of the four as well. It's the most commonly utilized. But the reason why is because it it positions me as a leader to make decisions with inadequate or insufficient information. And that's why it's so impactful and damaging to people's lives because, because of that. And, you know, I need to know that my favorite cup is broken before I awake in the morning <laughs> so that I may make other plans <laughs> and not be late to the other things that I need to do. You, you've, you've, you've sabotaged me in a microcosmic way. Like you've sabotaged me from being able to go forth in a way that or to plan in a way. Uh, and there is there are great examples historically of, of of how all of these horsemen sort of can convulge upon a person's life. But I don't want to talk about your audience members. I want to talk about other people. Let's let's think back. And I, and I, I like to give two examples. The first is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We all know that he was a transformative leader who who led the world to believing that a more unified society was possible. That act alone, that dream he had, that vision was so revolutionary that it made people uncomfortable. Like, why is this guy trying to sell his house for $200,000 more than if I, <laughs> why is he trying to do more than what Jim Crow law says he should be doing? Mm-hmm. And he was sabotaged. He was perhaps one of the most consistently targeted leaders of sabotage in our, in, in, in our time, it, it, without going all the way back to the 19, uh, to the 19th century, uh, that we can really think about in our modern history. I mean, he's a womanizer. He's this. He's lazy. He's a poor husband. He's a, you know, don't believe this guy's character because he's after this thing that's audacious. And if he allowed sabotage to have an effect on his life and his leadership and the way he led, then we would undoubtedly have a different America. I mean, we would have a different view on on the possibility of building a more unified society, not just for ourselves, but for our children. The, the other leader is Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was on a mission not to create a computer, not to create a phone. What what 
what Steve Jobs was on a mission to do was to take the the advent of the computer to shrink it down to the size of our palms to make it more accessible for more people so that he can ultimately change the way that we interact with the world and how the world interacts with us. Along that journey, he was betrayed. He was sabotaged. And people never really talk about this. He hired a guy named John Scully from PepsiCo. He comes in. He was excited to be uh, the CEO of this innovative company, but he needed Steve to be out of the way because he was shining too much. He had too much light. He had too much momentum. He had too much visibility. And it was damaging what was personally valuable, perhaps come say ego to John Scully. And so he effectively got Steve Jobs fired from the company that he hired. But it was what happened in Steve Jobs' second act of his career when he comes back that people really don't talk about. And when he came back, he became a master at one leadership discipline. And that is discerning really quickly who was for his belief in his pursuit to change the world and the way we interact with it and who was against it. And we often only talk about the the ability to be great orators, to be visionaries, to clearly communicate, to be resilient, to show up and work hard. But nobody ever talks about protecting yourself from sabotage as a leadership discipline. And it is that leadership gap that positions saboteurs to be able to raid the safe whenever and however they want in our lives and on our leadership journeys. And we see it time and time again. You know, you mentioned two great leaders, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Steve Jobs. You know, I, I, I cringe to think about a world where we didn't have visionaries, where we didn't have leadership like this. What would a world, I mean, I remember when I was going to college, when I was going to college, I worked in a steel factory and they had this thing called tuition reimbursement. So I worked in the warehouse and I remember bringing these decks of punch cards up to the ginormous computer room. I'd give them the deck of cards and they would put it in the computer and they'd give me back this enormous sheet of paper of what items to pick for the order. And I'm like, if we didn't have a Steve jobs and the other innovators in the computer space, would that still be a thing? Would we have a computer in our pocket? Would I have a computer on my wrist? And so these people, obviously, there's not a single leader out there in the world, even going back to Jesus. Go back. God, God <laughs> incarnate. Even he had people sabotaging. Judas, All anyone? Uh, Sa- Pharisees, Sadducees? All around. All Everybody around. has got saboteurs. And if you're listening to this li- uh, listener and you're going, wait a minute, I don't. That should concern you. If nobody, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong, Brandon, if no, no one is sabotaging you, that's a big red flag. That's a big red flag. It says that you probably are not worth the attention. You're not doing anything that's worth the pers- the effort. Or you yourself are the saboteur. Wow. <laughs> and I know I hurt some feelings when I said I, I will apologize later. But <laughs> but 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 that is that is a truism that you know, there, there are people who, who and I want to focus on the self-saboteurs here. There are people who believe that life is set up to, for them to fail. Mm-hmm. That is a rigged system. And, and people who, who, who harness this force in their own lives 
they become over time so insufferable that nobody ever wants to really not not hang out with them. I think that's sort of trite, but even more important, nobody ever wants to take the step to invest in your dreams mm-hmm. because you 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 would you with this uncontrollable force uh, of of uh, of self low self efficacy would be compelled to start to loathe others. Like you, 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 you're going to step on my dream of that, of believing that, that the world is rigged. If, if it becomes so much a part of your identity that a world that is not rigged is too much for you to bear. And so you start to loathe others. And, and so it's really important to not just look externally, but to look internally whenever you want to look for the forces of sabotage with within and even around your life. But it's the crazy ones. I mean, it's the visionaries who change the world. And, and I know they're listening to this show and they're thinking about this great idea. And if there's one story that I can share to give you inspiration to wake up and to do that thing, uh, I'll start it out with this statement that you deciding not to pursue your own passions your own goals and your own dreams or your own best life is tantamount to quitting. It's quitting. And if you quit on yourself, you will unquestionably quit on others. So this is the first race. This is the first race that you have. The first competition you have is with yourself. And around 2014, I had that race and I was defeated by self-sabotage. In 2014, I won't even bury the lead. In 2014, I had this great idea that I would start a grocery delivery company. It would be a technology company where people could log online, go shopping from their computer and have people go to the grocery store and bring them. Can you believe bring items to their door? Unheard (laughs) of. Unheard of. (laughs) You know, there was. A little engine called Instacart around the time. It was right at the beginning. I thought it could be revolutionary. I was actually going to broaden it out bigger than that. But what was revolutionary for me was creating a platform that allowed moms to shop for other moms. Mm. And I believed in it. I went and wrote a business plan, found some advisors, spoke to my attorneys, hired a a research firm to, to, to understand the appetite people had for such a service. When I was leaving that research firm, the person who I interviewed stopped me and said, Mr. Brandon, Mr. Brandon, before you leave, I have to share something with you. I said, what is it? She said, are you sure you want to do this? I said, of course. She said, well, I have another client who is doing something very similar. And from what I hear, he's having a tough time. It's rough. I think you may need to reconsider I just want to help you. And I get in my car and I said to myself, do I really want to do this? <laughs> I go home and talk to my wife, my wife of all people. And she said, Brandon, you just got out of a bad business deal. You know, you know, you have to pay that six hundred plus thousand dollars for this. And you lost all this money and whatever. Are you sure you want to do this? Can we take another hit? And I said to myself, do I really want to do this? And I pulled the plug. And across tech, because I saw myself for whatever reason as incapable. Now, you may see yourself stopping yourself for another reason. But for me, it was incapability. 
for me. That was my force for self-sabotage. And across town, there was a guy who didn't see himself as incapable. He saw himself as a winner. He had the same idea. He had the same drive. He had a, a higher drive and a different self-view of himself. Came from a family of entrepreneurs, didn't even have a college degree. as a high school dropout. And he said, I'm going to start this company and this is what I'm going to do. His name is Bill Smith. And I like to talk about Bill Smith a lot. He started that company. He grew that company. He sold that company for $550 million, the Target Corporation. And you may know the company. It's called Shipped. Ever heard of it? <laughs> yes. Probably delivering groceries to your house when you finish walking your pooch. <laughs> wow. And to make matters worse, I was invited to a private meeting with the chairman and CEO of Target, Brian Cornell. And he said from the podium, he said, y'all want to know why I bought Shipped? You want to know why I bought it? He said, because I thought it was revolutionary that someone created a technology that allowed moms to shop for other moms. (laughs) That was exactly what I was after. Wow. So me quitting on myself robbed me of $550 million. Think about it. And so I share that as a cautionary tale for anybody thinking about second guessing, waking up, taking the steps to do what it needs, what you need to do to achieve and realize your best life. Man, you could just drop the mic on that story. That was that was powerful. Very powerful. Um, I want people now after they've heard you to go out and get your book. Because if you think this conversation, this 40-minute conversation was fire, go get his book. And so tell us where we can find out more about you and to give a tip of the hat to Steve Jobs. How are you putting a dent in the universe? Well, listen, uh, sabotage, leadership that overcomes betrayal, theft, and deceit is available in audio form, paperback book, ebook on Amazon. But easier than that, just remember BrandonWilson.co. I'm going to say it again, BrandonWilson.co. You go to BrandonWilson.co, there's a buy now button, you click it, it'll take you to the Amazon page. But also on that page is something, another thing that's really special. It is access to me. You can book 15 to 30 minutes of time with me for free. Now, I want to to underscore that. That's capital F, capital R, capital E-E, free. And I'm making myself available to your audience so that they can tell me about the barriers in their lives that's stopping them from taking that first step, the sabotage around their lives that's, that's, that's seeking to stymie their promotion or professional elevation. And I will give you my insights that span more than 20 years and that has impacted some of the most influential corporations in the world. I will share my insights with you so that you can break through and become that transformative leaders leader that saboteurs don't want you to become. So go to brandonwilson.co and productivity, collective impact and success is yours. Excellent. Well, Brandon, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. You brought not only the insights, you brought the energy. It's rare that a guest can match my energy. You had no trouble doing it. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me.
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.